welcome to today's Sunday Online. Hi Skylark Church, how are you doing? We're entering into week five of lockdown and I'm sure that different ones of us are responding in different ways to the circumstances around us and which actually now are beginning to affect each of us in very real ways. Today we hope that this gathering online will be a chance for us as church to be realigned with Jesus, to be reminded that he is with us and to move forward in the strength of unity that we have. We may be disparate and scattered in our homes at this time, but we are moving forward together as one. Our speaker this morning is the incredible Pete Sims. I have the privilege of being locked down with him and I can tell you, this guy, he's the real deal. Pete is one of those people who remains steadfast no matter what comes. And what I've seen over the last few weeks is a man who chooses cheerfulness and joy. I see a man who is like a rock for those around him and a man who genuinely cares with compassion for people closest to him, but actually people that he's never met before. He has a true pastor's heart. So without further ado, may I welcome Pete. I'm gonna be back at the end with a whole host of updates. I want to encourage you with some great testimonies of things that are taking place, even in this time of challenge. So, so that's all from me and over to Pete. Hi, I know Nikki's already said hello, but I wanted to say hello myself before I kick into today's message. I hope you're okay, hope you're well. Look forward to seeing you all soon, and I hope that what I'm bringing this morning will really bring some encouragement to you, some challenge, be uplifting, and take us on in our journeys towards Jesus. Here we go. Lockdown. Week five is just kicking off. It started out as new, didn't it? It was novel, this whole idea of being locked down. It was exciting for some people. It was scary and daunting for other people. And now we're five weeks in, the novelty has definitely worn off. People are not talking about, oh, this is exciting, isn't it? People are now getting to the point of thinking it's Groundhog Day. We texted somebody yesterday, and when we asked them how, how are we doing, they said it actually is like Groundhog Day. We're, we're doing fine as a family, but every day just keeps repeating the same pattern. And we have to check the date, don't we? I think in one of the sound bites, James said that we need to... He needs to check his date every day to see where he's up to. The 26th of April it is today. This month has absolutely flown by, hasn't it? The newness has worn off. The novelty has worn off and we are more established in our daily routines in this lockdown period. And I'm sure for all of us, there are bits of lockdown that we are quite enjoying and we hope will continue after lockdown is finished. But there are some bits that I'm sure that we can't stand and we can't wait until they're over. My favourite part of lockdown is not going to take you any guesses at all. You must know by now if you've listened to any of the sound bites. My favourite bit is going for our daily walk. Aria on her scooter, Saren in the buggy, me and Nikki walking along, talking, taking deep breaths, breathing it all in in these beautiful days that we've had of lockdown. Every day we do a bug hunt. You know, on one day we counted 72 ladybirds. Now, let me tell you, it takes a while to count 72 ladybirds, but we're, we're really enjoying ourselves. We are loving doing this as a family. 
And in my last soundbite, I also mentioned that we've been seeing butterflies too. And those butterflies have actually stimulated some thoughts in me that I'm going to talk about today. See, Aria's schoolwork has included the life cycle of a butterfly. We're very grateful to her school for giving daily work, daily things for us to be doing together. And the life cycle of a butterfly is totally amazing. And because I only want to speak for around 20 minutes, I'm not going to go into it completely. But what happens in a chrysalis? It's nuts. Do have a look at it. But anyway, the life cycle is basically this. Egg becomes caterpillar, becomes chrysalis, not cocoon. Check that one out. And then onto the butterfly. So let's go again. Egg, because I got excited about chrysalis and cocoons. Egg, caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly. Cycle begins again with the egg. That little caterpillar eating hungrily, We've, we all know the story. It suddenly decides to hang itself upside down, suspended by a little piece of silk. And then it begins the chrysalis stage of life. The stage where everything changes. The stage where it is kind of in a lockdown moment, but it's going to emerge from that place of confinement. To And even though there'll be struggle and there'll be trial, it's going to come out as a beautiful butterfly. And I was thinking really about caterpillar lockdown, the chrysalis stage. I know the caterpillar chooses to hang upside down by the, a bit of silk and we didn't choose our lockdown. But today I want to explore the chrysalis of lockdown that we're experiencing. Our chrysalis lockdown, just like the butterflies, is a place of confinement. Are you feeling confined? It's a place of struggle. I think increasingly we're beginning to feel a daily struggle, up sometimes, down others, down for a few days maybe. There is some tr struggle and there is trial, just like in the butterflies chrysalis. But I believe that God wants to use our confinement to develop our character. He wants to use your confinement at the moment to develop your character. He wants to do it to me too. He wants the struggle that we're experiencing to build strength and resilience in us. And he wants our trial to lead to transformation, just as it does for the butterfly. So we're going to look at that together today. Sound good? I cannot wait to do it a little bit. And there's no better story, in my opinion, in the Bible when it comes to lockdown and confinement and something beautiful emerging from that than the story of Joseph. I mean, probably I could talk about the tomb and Jesus coming out. That's quite a good story. But we've done that one a couple of weeks ago. So Joseph. And the great thing about the story of Joseph is that if you're new to church stuff, if you just tuned in for the first time, you'll probably know this story. I'm talking about Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That guy, yeah? You know some of the songs, you probably know the musical, and um, we're going to talk about the life of Joseph a little bit today. It's interesting, actually, because when I typed in Technicolor Dreamcoat, Spellcheck didn't know what was going on. And uh, Technicolor, it couldn't do anything with. Dreamcoat became Dreamboat, which was quite nice. And we'll uh, talk about that later, because there's a Freudian slip there. He was a bit of a Dreamboat, it, it turns out, but not to me, to Potiphar's wife. Anyway, let's paraphrase the story. It's from the book of Genesis. And um, Joseph is one of 12 brothers. He's the 11th born. He's, he's one, of, one of 12, but he is the firstborn of his dad's favourite wife. So his dad had quite a few wives. And um, his one wife, Rachel, who he really adored, gave birth to Joseph. So he really adored Joseph. And he was, 
his special son, his chosen one, the one he loved the most. Bad parenting tip. Don't do that. And as a result, he, he bought his son a coat, a multicoloured coat to wear. Joseph's coat was elegant, the coat was fine, the tasteful style was the ultimate in good design. You know the song, but it just said it was a nice tunic. So his dad bought him this tunic and his brothers despised him, the Bible said. Big words. Despised him. They were so jealous of him. Dad, that was not the best thing to do. Anyway, Joseph has a couple of dreams when he's around 17 years old. One of the dreams, the, he, his brothers and him are out in the fields and they're collecting sheaves of corn. And suddenly all of his brother's corn turn turns around and bows to his corn. And when he tells his brothers this, they're like, so what are you saying? We're going to turn around and bow down to you? I don't think so, you arrogant young boy. Then he says, I've had another dream. This time, the sun and moon and 11 stars, that's mum, dad, and you guys, you're all gonna turn around and bow down to me. Now his dad hears of this dream and says, really son, are you saying that me and your mum and your brothers are gonna bow down to you? Sounds strange, but he, he said it, it says that he stored that up and he pondered it, but his brothers were crazy about it. They did not love it at all, unsurprisingly, but they plotted, maybe a bit over the top, to kill him as a result of it. So they took him out and uh, they thought they'd throw him into a pit and leave him there to die. But one of the brothers said, no, don't do that. We don't want his blood on our hands. Let's sell him into slavery. So he gets sold into slavery. And this begins Joseph's confinement phase. His lockdown chrysalis, far worse than ours, let me tell you, far, far worse. He was sold as a slave into the house of Potiphar. Potiphar had very few cares. You going along with the story? I'm doing the whole musical in just a few minutes. And um, anyway, he's captain of the guard. But in my Amplified Bible, in this one here, that gives me a bit more info, it says that he's also the chief executioner. Oh, <laughs> staying with Potiphar, he always seems like quite an okay guy, really. But he's actually the chief executioner. Anyway, Joseph does really well in Potiphar's house and he's promoted to be supervisor of the whole household and Potiphar trusts him with everything. You know, I said that my spell check said that dream coat became dream boat. Well, Potiphar's wife thought he was a bit dishy. He was quite a handsome man, apparently, this Joseph. And um, she used to try to come on to him. And he always said, no, no, no. And there was this one moment when she was in, insistent trying to come on to him. And he was like, no. And she grabbed hold of his, his coat. And so he just ran and left the coat in her hands. And with that piece of evidence in her hands, she was able to accuse him of doing things to her that he had never done. And he got thrown into prison from confinement to further, deeper confinement. You know, I want to talk about confinement just for a second because... You may be thinking, yeah, I do re really feel confined and I feel really like I'm in solitary confinement. You know, when in the films people go, they have to go to solitary, they have to go into that moment where they're just going to be isolated completely in solitary confinement. Joseph was never there because he was always, he always had God with him right by his side. And one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So even if you're feeling isolated, you're feeling confined, know this, that you're not in solitary confinement, even if you are alone without any other people with you. Because Jesus promises to always be with you 
and all, and to never leave you. Anyway, he goes into the deeper confinement, does our Joseph, and God was with him every step of the way. He was there for years. His whole confinement, from having the dreams and being thrown in a pit, to coming out the other side, and we're going to get there soon, was 13 years, from the age of 17 to about 30. He really was in confinement for a long time. The musical doesn't let you know that period of time at all. It's a long time to be in prison, wondering, God, what are you doing? I had these dreams. I had dreams, God. You gave them to me, I'm sure you did, and here I am in prison. How could this have happened? I was just living my normal life. I did the best I could. And I find myself in this prison place. I find myself confined here. Now, there are a couple of people who work for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He's chief butler and he's chief baker. And they both do things to upset Pharaoh and they get thrown into prison. And Joseph interprets both of their dreams. And he gets both of their dreams absolutely accurate because he was good at dreams. The dreams he had when he was 17, he was good at them. They, they were right. Even though he found himself in confinement and he didn't know the end of the story, he was right. Anyway, he, he interpreted these dreams for the butler and the baker, even when he was in confinement. And ultimately, he would interpret Pharaoh's dream. And the dream would be that the land was going to have seven years of plenty and then there were going to be seven years of famine for the country for the whole region beyond Egypt too. And because he understood that, because he stood before Pharaoh and interpreted the dreams, Pharaoh made him the number two in his country. Second only to Pharaoh himself. Joseph, Pharaoh said, I want you to run the show. Be my prime minister. Be the guy who runs the country. See us through the years of plenty and see us through the years of famine. 14 years of leading the country lay ahead. Joseph's family, meanwhile, was starving. They're back in Canaan, and Canaan is experiencing the famine too, but they hadn't had Joseph's dream interpretation. Would have been handy if he'd been back home, if the brothers hadn't thrown him in a pit or sold him to slavery. I'm sure they'd have been fine by now. Anyway, Egypt is benefiting because that's where Joseph is. It should be that for us as people who love Jesus, the people of God, that where we are, the land benefits, the people around us benefit. The Egyptians certainly benefited from having Joseph nearby. Anyway, Joseph's starving family come to Egypt for help and Joseph was reunited with them. And what's incredible to me is that he forgave them and he brought the whole family to live in Egypt and they were given the best land that Egypt had to offer. Now, why have I told that story in such detail? I mean, it's a great story and hopefully bits from it have jumped out and you've remembered them and, and they, they've given you something to think about. But I also want to draw out a few points myself, OK? You see, I was talking about confinement to build character, to build strength and to lead to transformation. 17-year-old Joseph sold into slavery. 30-year-old Joseph interprets a dream for Pharaoh. Even in that place of confinement, he knew who he was and what he stood for. 
He knew who he was and what he stood for. He knew that he was an interpreter of dreams. He knew that was his, his gifting. He knew that was his calling. And even though he was confined, he was able to be authentically the person that God had made him to be. And he also knew what he stood for in that first household that he was sold into. When Potiphar's wife tried to get him to, to sleep with him and he said no, he knew what he stood for. Even though he could have thought, you know what? I tried it with God. I tried to live a godly life for the first 17 years, but it didn't work for me. And, you know, I'm very powerful in this house. Potiphar would never find out, etc., etc. No. He knew who he was and what he stood for, even in a place of confinement. As we find ourselves in confinement, let's allow our character to be fine-tuned. God wants to do some fine-tuning in me. He wants to work on my character. He wants to make me more like him. He wants me to know my gifting and continue to use it wherever I find myself, whoever I'm in front of, whoever I'm not in front of, to be authentically me, to know what I stand for, to what, what I allow myself to absorb, what I allow myself to live with. He wants the same for you. Let's allow our characters to be fine-tuned from our place of confinement learning more clearly who we are and what we stand for. Even though, and I always find this so beautiful in Joseph's character, even though he was falsely accused and thrown into prison, he was still willing to interpret those dreams. I would have thought he might have said, dreams aren't really my speciality, guys. Hi, Baker. Hi, Butler. Now, I thought I was good with dreams, but I'm pants with dreams. Really, I'm terrible because... I'm in prison and my family was supposed to be bowing down to me, so I don't really think that's my thing anymore. Sorry, can't really help. But no, as I've said, he knew who he was and he used his gift in a place of confinement. Are there things, Skylark Church and people listening from beyond, are there things in your life that you've believed are from God? You've stepped out, you've given it a go maybe, but it hasn't worked out. And you thought, like me, like I thought Joseph might have thought, nah, I was wrong. I shouldn't have stepped out, should never have done it, waste of time. I, I misheard, no, it's not for me. Perhaps in our time of confinement, God wants to build our character through perseverance under pressure. Can we persevere when we're under pressure? Can he build in us a character that can trust despite the obstacles? There's this beautiful verse from one of my favourite books in the, in the Bible. One of my favourite um, writers is a guy called James. And right at the beginning of his, his book, he says this, James 1, 2 to 4. And I think this is from the message. Consider it a sheer gift, friends. Cool. I'm up for a gift. Consider this a gift. What? When tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Okay, not quite the gift I was after. Not quite as good as I hoped. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, consider that a gift. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. Oh gosh, we all know, don't we, that when we're squeezed, what's really inside comes out. Not the stuff that we pretend's on the outside sometimes. When we're under pressure, the real deal comes out. And when we're under pressure, our faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work 
so that you can become mature and well de developed, not deficient in any way. Wow, Four, that's three verses that are huge. And we can spend some time looking at those some other time. That's James 1, 2 to 4. Have a look at it. But allow perseverance to develop that character in you. What else can we learn from the Joseph story? What else can we learn from our time of chrysalis lockdown? We were happily being little caterpillars and suddenly, boom, we find ourselves confined. What else can we learn? Well, I, one of the things I loved about Joseph, Joseph is that he developed such immense strength of character. And that was displayed, in my opinion, best for me, by his incredible forgiveness. He really understood forgiveness in those 13 years of character development. So many times you hear of people saying that things are unforgivable. Oh mate, that is unforgivable. And you hear of people who've been put away in prison and other people coming out of court, I'm not judging anybody, but they might say he deserves, or he or she deserves what they got. You know, they'll never be forgiven, etc., etc. What they have done is unforgivable. And I understand the sentiment. And as I said, there's no judgment here. Surely attempting to murder your brother, then selling him, him into slavery and telling your dad that he's been killed by a wild animal is one of those things that's verging on the, mate, that's unforgivable. Especially if you're Joseph and you're the one who's in Potiphar's house and then you're the one in prison. You know, maybe Joseph wants to just get even. Maybe Joseph wants to forget he ever had a family and wants to cut them off. You know, I'm, I'm not going to not forgive them. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm just I'm going to ignore they ever existed. But Joseph emerged, emerged from prison changed. And living with the wealth of, of Egyptian life didn't change him either. Because he had 14 years. Or maybe 10 by the time his family arrived. But he had a long time of living with, in, in that prosperity as the second in command of the country, with the, the world at his fingertips. And yet it still didn't change his character, even though he had everything. He loved his family, and he was able to forgive them from all of their wrongdoings. You see, the ability to forgive is such a strength. When a butterfly is contained in a chrysalis, there comes a time where it's just changed into a butterfly, but it's still in the chrysalis, and that there's, it's nearly there, it's nearly out, but there's going to be a struggle. And that struggle for that caterpillar to emerge from the chrysalis, that butterfly to emerge from the chrysalis, that struggle produces strength. The strength that's ultimately going to allow the butterfly to live, to pump the fluid that it needs to from its body into the wings to make them big so they can be strong and they will be able to fly. That struggle produces strength. If you are struggling in lockdown at the moment, allow it to produce in you strength. Strength for what lies ahead. Strength for the battles to follow. Strength to flutter around like a flut. There's a word. To flutter around like a butterfly and have the best time basking in the sun. Whatever you need your strength for. Allow the struggle that you're feeling to produce strength in you. To shape your character. Because ultimately, it will lead to transformation. You see, a butterfly emerges. Ooh, let me stop there. A butterfly emerges from a place of confinement to a vibrant life. It comes out different from when it went in. It's, com it's had a complete process of transformation. 
Are we prepared to allow God to, to do a complete process of transformation in us during this time? You see, a, a caterpillar, when it goes into that chrysalis, it, it's been through confinement. The emerging butterfly has experienced struggle. It's emerged in strength and it's been transformed into something beautiful. Look at Joseph. He went through confinement. He went through struggle. He emerged with strength and he came out transformed to transform the world. It was the same with Paul and Silas in prison. Confinement, struggle, strength, come out and transform the world. It was the same with Esther. Confined, experienced a struggle, emerged in strength, transformed the world. Let's allow it to be the same for you and for me. Here we are in our chrysalis lockdown, just like a butterflies, in a place of confinement, in a place of struggle and a place of trial. But I believe that God wants to use our confinement to develop our character, for our struggle to build strength and for our trial to lead to transformation of the world around us. Let's allow him to do that during this time of lockdown. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you that you are Emmanuel and that even if we feel like we're isolated, we're never alone because you're always with us. Lord, I thank you that you want to use this time to build our characters, to pour resilience into us, to put strength into us, to help us to know who we are in and out of season, in every stage of life, who we are, what our gifting is, what we're called to do, who we're called to be. Lord, help us, refine us. Lord, in our confinement, would you develop our character? In our struggle, would you give us strength and resilience? And may our trial that we're experiencing lead to transformation in our own lives, in that of our friends, our families, our communities and beyond. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's back to me for some updates and some encouraging stories about different things that have been taking place over the course of this last week. First of all, we want to say a huge thank you for your generosity. Sewing into our pastoral fund, we're really excited to begin distributing this coming week assistance to those households and individuals that we've currently identified who really need help the most. So thank you everyone who has given into that fund. Secondly, just a reminder that next Sunday in the evening at seven o'clock, we will have our corporate time of prayer and worship led by the lovely Rachel Maddox and Sue Gibson. It's been so lovely to come together in that way, to see each other's faces. And although we can't hear each other's voices, um, it's been a really uplifting time. So if you haven't had a chance to connect in that way yet, um, please come and join us. We'd love you to do that. Next 
up um, just a few really encouraging stories about how so many of you are being the hands and feet of Jesus at this time. This week um, our team who regularly go into Duke's Orchard residential home went to serenade one of the residents on her birthday. They stood, socially distancing of course, in the garden while she was standing on her balcony and sang happy birthday and it was a moment when I watched it on video that brought tears to my eyes as she was blown away by the love and care of this team. I want to say a massive thank you to Stu, to Paul Lehman and to all the rest of the team who faithfully love and bring connection and companionship uh, to those beautiful elderly residents at Duke's Orchard. You are doing an amazing job. Secondly, I just want to let you know that we have uh, been able to, to bless people in our wider community this week. We have uh, someone in the church who signed up for a portal, which is Essex-wide, to pick up jobs, um, including buying shopping and picking up prescriptions for some of the most vulnerable in our community or those who are self-isolating and can't get out. And we were just chatting to this person and encouraging them because they've been volunteering tirelessly. And in the course of conversation, we said, well, wouldn't it be great if we as a church just underwrite the next five shops that you do for different people in the community? And he was like, well, that would be a really cool idea. So um, within 24 hours, we had received two communications from people who were entirely blown away that firstly, this particular person would give up their time to go and get their shopping. But secondly, that we as a church would pay for it. And one of them in particular said this, I knew that churches abroad did stuff like this to practically help people, but I never knew that it was still happening and it was happening in this country. And I never knew how it would feel to receive such kindness from people that don't know me. So on behalf of those individuals, we just want to say a big thank you to you because it's your generosity that enables us to extend that kind of generosity to people into our community and to reach them with the love and the kindness of Jesus. We know that many amazing key workers are in our midst and that we also have people volunteering into the food bank as well. Some of you have been working 12 hour shifts in the food bank daily to help meet demand and um, people from within our Skylark family are doing incredible things. To all of you, midwives, health workers, teachers, retail workers, um, spanning those essential sectors, we just want to say keep going. We're so proud of you and we know that God is delighted with the way in which you are representing Jesus in your day job. Keep going. We know it must be incredibly tough with some of what you are confronted with right now, but we also know that God is using you in such incredible ways and we are praying for you. Next up, our kids and youth are doing amazingly too. Jen has been coordinating an incredible online program for our youth, but it's been really great to see them find their voice. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there have been some Bible Bites, which different members of the youth have been leading. They have been so cool. It's been wonderful to see the, the understanding that our young people have of Jesus and the incredible communications uh, communication skills that they have in sharing him. Keep going, young people. You guys are absolutely amazing. Similarly, our kids team have just been 
releasing some amazing resources. The Little Ones team this week uh, released some really cool craft ideas for those of us with preschoolers to engage with our children in new and creative ways. Thank you so much for that. Um, Lindsay and a great team are spearheading two new life groups for our kids, one for boys, one for girls, for those in upper primary age range. And you will have heard about that this week if you are a parent with children that fall into that bracket. We're really excited to see what fruit that's going to bring. And alongside that, um, Kids Church have been releasing resources for us every Sunday to enjoy with our children. And um, those resources are now going to be posted into the files section of our main Skylark Church Facebook page. So that if you're not a part of the Skylark Kids uh, Facebook group and you don't want to be, you can still access them, but also so that you can share them further afield and they can bless more families. Thank you so much to Lindsay and to Jem for all that you're doing and for the wider team of volunteers. You guys rock. We've been able to bless outstretched hands in Romania this week. We were meant to be sending a team on mission over Easter, as you'll know, headed by Andrea Barnes, and we felt it was so important that at a time where everything is drawing back, we as a church are on the front foot in terms of being generous. And so we have sent them a financial gift with our love and with our blessing. And you are every bit as much a part of that. Thank you, church, that we've been able to bless these guys as they are on the front line, ministering to people who have great need and building church and establishing the kingdom of God in Romania. Finally, we're seeing loads of cool creativity just emerge from this time of confinement. And we just want to highlight a few. They're not happening in an official church capacity, and that's the most exciting part of it, that there's all this creative expression being released by individuals. Just to name a few, Matt White and his son Casper have been doing this really fun podcast called Find Your Carrots. And if you haven't had a chance to listen in, every day, Monday through to Saturday, they release this beautiful, soundbite of joy um, and they interview some special guests as well as part of that but you just hear the interaction between father and son it's heartwarming it's uplifting it's full of joy if you haven't had a chance to check it out we really recommend you do it's available on Spotify and I know that Matt posts it each day on his individual Facebook page as well secondly Alistair Tulloch our building and premises manager he has a secret skill that has come to the fore in this time of lockdown. He's been releasing Cooking with Al, just giving us loads of recipe tips and great culinary ideas. So if, like me, your repertoire is a little bit limited in the kitchen, it's a great one to check out. And wonderful to see some of these hidden treasures just being released um, from different people in our midst. Talking of which, Bill Dunton has an amazing gift for writing and he's just been doing um, some tea time stories, um, just releasing different e extracts of his own creative fictional writing. Um, if you enjoy, um, you know, reading all sorts of different things, you might want to connect in with that. But it's been really cool for us to see different expressions of creativity released in our midst. So that concludes pretty much all of our updates. The final thing for me to say is let's keep loving each other well. Thank you to our life group leaders, our ministry heads and our core team, all of whom I know have been connecting in with each of you. And um, we just hope and pray that as 
the days and the weeks continue, that we as church can continue to love each other well. We don't want to just rely on those who are leading different areas or volunteering in different areas to connect in with us. Why don't you have a think and a pray and just think about who you could call this week? And can I encourage you to pick up the phone or send an audio message because I think most of us have probably reached saturation with WhatsApp groups and some of us are struggling with Zoom calls big time as well. Um, so hey, let's just send a message to somebody this week that can encourage them. You can even write a letter. That would be a novel thing to do. We want you to know that we love you. And if you're struggling in any way, please reach out. We would love to help you if we can, but sometimes we don't get to hear of every single need. So if you're struggling today, if you need some help, whether that's emotionally, spiritually, or practically, please do reach out and let us know. We love you guys. Have a great week. It's over and out for me.